Hello, and welcome to episode 47. Just told you, I'm so angry right now. <laughs> episode 47 of Q&A Quest. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Apps, a.k.a. Wheels, with me as always. I'm my master, David McBurney, whichever. I'm sorry, I'm kind of dreading slash excited to start Disgaea 5 again. Hoping for better times. Uh, but fearing the worst. What? You cut out for me. Uh, oh, hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. Are you here to drop the bomber now? Yeah. Let us die young, or let us live forever. Yeah. So, we have lots of great questions. Um, I think last time I promised I was going to have a has been heroes review up. It didn't happen. What a has been you are. Yeah. It's going to happen eventually. I did a few more runs to kind of dig into it some more. I'd like to say that's the reason there isn't a review yet, but, uh, yeah. Illness and procrastination. But also, I'm going to yell at you until it's up. Yeah, that's also probably true. Uh, so, uh, let's dig right into some questions. But hey, we'll be able to yell at each other about the quality or lack thereof of Disgaea 5 complete, because I also picked it up, and I now have a 30-hour train ride. Mm -hmm. Nice. That will get you about a third of the way through the, the main game. Yeah, that's fine. If you play it nonstop. That's more than you'll be getting through. Oh, probably. I, I, I'm intentionally <laughs> going to go as slow as possible. Okay. He's the match. Okay. So. Uh, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Oh yes, here we go with Shaman's question, which is an interesting one. I have to admit, when you were going down the track of Persona 5 being originally intended as a 3DS tile, title, I honestly figured it was destined for the Wii at first. It was a console game on a console within the same relative power ballpark as the PS2. It was getting first and third party RPGs, Dragon Quest X was headed to it, Xenoblade Last Story was a moderate success in Japan, and it was the best selling console in Japan for a while. Of course, the earthquake tsunami and success. Catherine on HD Twins might have caused them to refocus. Uh, no. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll re-outline my case for this as to why I consider 3DS to be the idea that I believe they were pursuing. One, I'd assumed that it and Shin Megami Tensei 4 were meant to share an engine. Yeah. Uh, the Makes other sense. is just that, like, yes, the Wii was one of the better-selling consoles, but, like, that also just meant that it was the one... Like, in Japan, that meant getting the least trounced by the DS at the time. Yeah. So it was just one of those situations where, like, neither of us can prove our points, and, like, you do make a decent point. But I also think that by the by 2011, the bloom has, got, has started to go off the roads on the Wii's success. And so, like, that wouldn't have been... Like, the time to make a Wii Persona would have been 2009, like, yeah. waiting until 2011 is just one of those things where it's like, mm, nah. Well, I think the other the other part of it is, yeah, that we got a bunch of RPGs, first, third party, etc. It didn't get a lot of them. Like, it got some. It's just, you know, people people threw like, stuff Dragon at the Quest system. Like, Dragon Quest was the big thing. Yeah. Dragon Quest was the big thing. But, like, most anything of real, like commercial success outside of Dragon Quest was content to do spin-offs. Like that was that was the tragic life of the Wii and why like I always feel like people are a little unfair to it, where it's like, 
man, all these Wii games suck. And it's like, yeah, because every publisher saw it, said, this will be a flash in the pan, better pump out something garbage for it. And then, what do you know, it became a flash in the pan, because no one really actually tried to make Wii games. Yeah. I... Like, there's a, there's tons of Wii games that I love, but, like, they're generally not big AAA games. Yeah. And you look at some of those, like, oh, Monster Hunter 3, and Monster Hunter 3 wasn't really an incredible success until it, oh, showed up on the 3DS. Yeah, I think Portable 3rd was more of a success, but that's also just because, like, Monster Hunter had become, like, the thing you play on a train. Yeah, well, and for the record, Portable 3rd was a better game anyway, so... Yeah, well, that's the other thing, is that, like, the thing, their idea for how to add to Monster Hunter with 3 turned out to be kind of a bust, because, like, like most everything, playing underwater means you have less mobility that's more complicated to make use of. Under, underwater combat, dumb. Very like dumb. The, yeah. Like there's, there's probably a very interesting discussion to be had about why water levels are so reviled, and I think that it's more just that, like, they require inherently more complicated control schemes, but they inherently feel limiting. Yeah. So, yeah, fun times. 3D movement is hard. Don't play the flying levels of Kingdom Hearts 1. They're impossible. Hmm. They're not impossible, but they feel incredibly, like, awkward. It was the first bit of 3D movement I could think of in a game that was not otherwise fully 3D movement in the sense of, like, a full access to Y-axis. Yeah. <laughs> Those levels are really annoying. Yeah, they're... Yeah, they... They tone them down into, for a very good reason. Mm-hmm. They got much more fun about how to use... Uh, like that's that's sort of how you fix those that like the flow motion system in Kingdom Hearts 3D is really good because like every inch of height and speed you get out of it feels like something you both wanted and earned so it makes you kind of approach the environment differently but it also feels satisfying to traverse mm. I hear things in the background you're playing to Sky 5 right now I don't know what you're talking about these are slanderous yep. lies and accusations. I'm just glad unfounded. that it's not Hearthstone. And you're also playing Hearthstone. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm looking forward to this fall when you're playing Hearthstone and Destiny 2 at the same time. Uh, and I'm yelling at you as to why you would like posted the episodes we banked, like, three at a time. That's not really going to happen, though, because I'm not going to... Not gonna play Destiny on PC. Screw that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you won't play it at the same time. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. You're making some like Destiny Two isn't even coming out on PC at the same time it comes out on consoles. Yeah. It's delayed. That could care less. But, yeah. Uh. So yeah, I went on a really strange tangent about 3D movement, but yeah, like DQ10 was announced real early, and that makes sense because like it was announced in the wake of the Wii being a runaway success. But, like, you know, there's... I, I feel like if they had started work on DQ10 in, say, 2010, like, DQ10 wouldn't have been a Wii game. Yeah. For sure. And so that's, that's sort of my thought process as to why I assumed 3DS, because, again, at the time, it seemed like the surefire success, and it eventually was a success, but the point was that it was not a surefire. Right. <sighs> but yeah, neither of us has proof, so. 
your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. And yeah, the earthquake probably did a lot to reshuffle a lot of projects that were in the in the planning stages at the time, but I think that if anything it just delayed it long enough that it made sense to re examine what platform to put yeah. it on. And it probably ultimately worked out for the best. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah. Please port it to Switch. I want to be able to play it everywhere. Yes, please. I'm going to be begging for that until it happens. Give me now. At which point I will start begging for Persona 6 on Switch. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, da, 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 da. Victor would love to see a whole episode about the DMCA. The Digital Millennium's Copyright Act. I will need to actually bone up so I don't just talk out of my ass. So. <laughs> uh, eventually, maybe. Probably, hopefully not. But eventually I will be goaded into talking about it again. And I will talk about, like, it's draconian rules that uh, affect the internet more and the way that we spread content more than just about anything else. Mm. And it's, uh, the ability to use it essentially as a weapon. It's a dangerous piece of legislation, and there's really, like, you know, there's there's not really a lot of good reason, well, quote-unquote, not really a lot of good reason, there's not a lot of groundswell to get rid of it, even though it affects almost all of us, <laughs> because it's one of those situations where it's like, explaining the ways that it's dicking you over takes a long time, and... Uh, it's just one of those things where, like, a lot of money talked when that legislation was being written. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. Alright, shall we move on? Fight for net neutrality, don't let this sort of thing happen again. Okay, there's my political statement. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I just looked at the, uh, threads, the forum threads, uh... PlayStation 4 till the end of time, and I'm just w wondering which one of us has to stream that. I, uh, oh, not, not me. I can't do it again. <sighs> okay, uh, when I have money, I will set aside some time, and you will have to watch. Okay, that's fine. I can't put myself through that game again. That made me hate Tri-Ace for, like, about half a decade. It took so much effort to get you to play another Tri-Ace game. It did. Uh, that game is so f effing bad. <laughs> oh, man, you caught uh, yourself. Okay. Gotta, uh, gotta save them up this time. Save them. <laughs> save them up for the end. Yeah, we'll bank them. Use them at the appropriate time instead of just wasting them five minutes in. <laughs> Alright, uh, next question from Budai. Uh, do you feel the last RPGs, the last dungeons and RPGs can sometimes be tedious, or do you enjoy an ultimate challenging test for your party? Uh, I, uh, like... This is a thing I have about most games. I do not think the climate that the end should be the hardest part. I don't think it should even really be in the neighborhood of the hardest part. It should hmm. be a varied challenge, but I don't think it should be the hardest challenge. Interesting. Because as far as I'm concerned, like, and this is just how I view game pacing, when I'm getting to the end, I'm invested in reaching the end. And at that point, like... The stress of the fact that it is the end is going to dull my ability to play the game as well as I would like. So you need to dial back the difficulty. Like, you know, the, it, the you, there's parallels to like a three-act dramatic structure where like 
the the darkest part, the most challenging part in a dramatic sense, happens at the two-thirds mark. And then it sort of falls from there. And it never hits a bottom, but it does descend from there. And I think that generally challenge should be at least kind of similar. Like, the end should test a lot, if not all, of the things that you've done. But it doesn't need to be the hardest te test of each of those individual skills. Hmm. I can see that. Because... Because, like, nothing will sour me on a game more than reaching the end point, realizing that the end is in sight, and then just getting destroyed. <laughs> because then I'm tempted to just toss the game away and leave it with kind of a sour impression, because it's like... I just wanted it to, Like, I was prepared for it to be done. I had come to terms with the fact that the experience had approached its end, and now I can't actually get that closure. So yeah, that's 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 kind of my my feeling. Like the the when you make that last bit, like I'm okay with ending, stopping playing a game before it's done. Like that's that's a thing that I do constantly, probably more often than I completely finish a game. Because like if a game doesn't hold my attention to its end, then you know whatever. But like when I get to that end, I it the experience will feel more complete to me if I reach a point where the game has also stopped. It's, yeah. Like, th this is really rambly. I apologize. No, that's fine. <laughs> like, what, what is your opinion on this? I'm curious. My opinion is I usually like to have that challenge at the end of the game, because just personal preference, I enjoy challenging games, and I enjoy having that end boss at the end that requires you to put together everything you've learned in the game so far and have to plot out a careful strategy to take down whatever challenges you await. So I, I love like super challenging end dungeons and bosses. All of that. And this is one of those things of you can't be all things to all people. Yeah. But yeah. Like that's that's also just something that I notice a lot with like really hardcore action games. Is that it's it's often better for the final boss to be unique, and a different kind of challenge. But I generally don't think it's best for it to be the hardest challenge. But again, it, it can it's all about the needs of the game. But I'm just saying, in general, I would kind of prefer for those final dungeons to just be, you know, a slide to the end. Right. Because by that point, you can't really introduce a new mechanic, I guess. Because, you know, you can't really fully... In most games' design templates, you can't really fully explore a design concept that you introduce at the end. But, yeah, it's going to depend a lot. Mm. It's going to depend a lot. Because, like, for example, I guess something like Etrian, it makes the most sense for its... For its final dungeon to be kitchen, hardest, because bathroom, like aviary, and that is completely unlike anything you'd experienced in Etrian before. Right. But yeah, so it's it's going to depend a lot. But yeah, those are general thoughts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel maze-like qualities in final dungeons are a good or bad addition for games that aren't built around it, like Etrian? No, get that out. <laughs> <laughs> like. I've got a limited interest in mazes to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, 
I guess I guess for a, for a sort of type of this, I mean, you get things like I, I almost chucked Strange Journey out the window around like Sector Eridanus. <laughs> Because it's just like, oh, I'm done. And it's like, like the last few... I think that one goes all the way to like a Sector G. I don't remember what the last sectors are like. They're yeah, weird. That's a long game, and those, those are some mazy, mazy dungeons. Yeah, and it's just like, by the time I get to the end, it's like, I'm done. I'm done with your highlights for children. I'm done with mazes. I don't... But yeah, that's, that's a personal taste thing, because I don't actually like mazes that much. <laughs> Like explicit mazes. There are games that where I can enjoy them, but they I'm not big onto like everything's a maze. Like a maze has to be occasional and it should almost never be the last thing you leave me on. <laughs> but hey, what do I know? I accidentally blundered through Climatrol and Fantasy Star Two inside of ten minutes. <laughs> and if you know anything about Climatrol, you know how ridiculous that statement is. Uh, what are some examples of games with bad and good final dungeon designs in your opinions uh, I think Persona 5's final dungeon is good I can't expound too much on that <laughs> uh, good final dungeons uh, this isn't really this isn't really on topic per se but I was going to say that Every time that I play Lunar Silver Star Story, I always think that... I always feel like the Grindery should be the final dungeon, and it never is. <laughs> it always feels like the final dungeon, and it's not. It never is. But, uh... You know what has a terrible final dungeon? What? Final Fantasy XIII, too. I, I have never completed that game. Good. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That that's that has like a pretty simple and boring dungeon. The only difference is everything in that dungeon is like leagues more powerful than anything else in the game. Oh, good. Your favorite. Uh, it would be my favorite if uh, combat in the rest of the game wasn't boring. So that you know. Difficulty spikes are bad. Yeah. I like hard stuff, but I don't like random difficulty spikes that happen for no particular reason. I'm trying to think. Like, Final Dungeons... Like, I'm trying to think of ones that don't feel... that feel like they stand out, because a lot of times they're kind of rushed. Uh... Huh. And this is tough. Like... Uh, I'm trying to think of like for some reason Triace games keep coming into my head and none of them have particularly great Final Dungeons uh, I kind of like Memoria in Final Fantasy 9 just because it's weird and trippy hmm. I kind of don't like the Ultimatius Castle in FF8 because it revolves around a really obnoxious gimmick time compression I'm not even talking about time compression. They what? did that so they'd have room for a 20-minute FMV. Okay. I'm talking about the fact that in order time to... Time compression! I'm talking about the fact that in order to do, like... In order to use any battle commands, you have to win them from bosses. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
And I found that gimmick obnoxious. Uh, East 1's final dungeon is hilarious because it's a four-hour game with a two-hour final dungeon. <laughs> um, so that, that's more just weird, because like, the, the final dungeon is basically half of the game. Uh, I'm trying to think of like final dungeons that actually stood out. Skyward Sword has a pretty good final dungeon. Oh, I like the... That's the one where you have to, like... You rearrange the dungeon so that you can, like, get to the Triforce. That one's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really good one. With an awesome like that, final battle. Oh, definitely. Like, Zelda games traditionally have very kind of perfunctory final dungeons. They're final tests. They're final exams, basically. Just, like, here's a little bit of everything you've had to deal with so far. And so, like, that one felt like it at least had a more interesting spin on the idea. Uh, man, this is hard. Like, Final Dungeons traditionally, unless they're really obnoxious, aren't that memorable. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember having tremendous amounts of trouble with the Final Dungeon slash fight of Resonance of Fate. Yeah, that's a tough final battle. That's an incredibly hard final battle. Uh, I remember, like, uh, Star Ocean, which one's Final Dungeon am I thinking of? Like, I'm trying to think if I'm thinking of, like, Final Dungeons or Bonus Dungeons at this point. I'm probably thinking mostly of Bonus Dungeons. I remember the weird Bonus Dungeon in Star Ocean 2 where you can, like, you go back to a planet that, you go to a planet that had previously been destroyed, and... <laughs> Like, there's just a dungeon on there, and it's like 60 floors. It's horrifying. <laughs> and to get to the to get to the bonus boss, you have to have your characters play music to lure the bonus boss out. Okay. It really wanted you to understand every one of Star Ocean 2's systems for it to ever make sense. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Star Ocean 2 also has, like, that obnoxious joke... Uh, that obnoxious thing you can do where you can get to the end of the game and if you get to the final checkpoint and then leave if you get to the final save point and then leave the final dungeon some new things open up hmm. one of which is a way to make the final boss harder <laughs> if you go back to like this one area of uh, of the first uh, of this planet that you're on and do a private action there, like, it'll release his limiter, and he'll go from, like, level 90 to, like, level 255. <laughs> it's, like, it's such an amazing... Why would you do this to yourself? I don't know, but I guess if you hate yourself, you can. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's really more Final Fights. Like, Final Dungeons... Eh. Uh... I remember Shin Megami Tensei 4 made me go through two final dungeons because I got the neutral path. That was obnoxious. Because <laughs> you have to do the law and chaos final dungeons in that one. Ooh. Uh, Persona 4's final dungeon is good, but not because it's a particularly interestingly designed dungeon, although it does kind of tie the game back together in an interesting fashion, but more just because I like the idea of like actually having to find it. Mm. <laughs> Even though the game's kind of a dick. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, that's that's about all I've got to say for Final Dungeons. I rambled a lot. I apologize. That's all right. Um, everything makes sense. No, it doesn't. Sure, it does. Okay. Uh, so Budai also had the question. Uh, Persona 4 and 5 both have mature themes and events that are just as dark, if not more so, than some of the first Persona games. But the tone overall feels lighter and more natural. The occult and creepiness of the originals isn't as pronounced. Do you feel this is intentional or a byproduct of making a bigger, higher-budget game? For instance, is part of the weirdness of Persona 2 from a lack of budget and localization, or do you think the developers really wanted the game to feel as strange as it did comparatively? Or do you think that feel they were wanting to make a game like Persona 5 tone-wise, but couldn't manage it at the time? I think Persona 1 and 2 are as surreal as they want to be. Yeah. Like, there's a reason that when you that they designed the game in such a way that instead of having, like, black backgrounds when you're wandering around an area in, like, the isometric perspective that you often are in Persona 1, there's, like, a hideous, like... It's not a black background. It doesn't read as void in the sense of, like, your eyes aren't drawn to it. It's weird strange hue that like shows that there is nothing out there and I feel that's like intentional artistic direction like Persona 1's plot revolves around like all of the Persona games have as a at least secondary theme the interactions of the self again as it tries to define itself in separation from society and how society attempts to impose its will on the view of the self but like you know sometimes that's going to lead itself to very surreal metaphysical themes and sometimes it's going to lend itself to very concrete uh, concrete uh, examinations of mm. how we view ourselves and like in Persona 1 it's at its most metaphysical and like it uses tons of weird pseudoscience magic occult sci-fi to accomplish these, a similar examination but like the core of the plot still revolves around essentially entering the world of an idealized mind. And then, like, you know, it's just... I, I think it's as much that... Like, to be fair, it's also just that, like, the mood of the entire Shin Megami Tensei franchise at large has shifted away from, like, the completely alien and inscrutable to try to be something that, like, you can relate to aspects of its plot. And I feel like that's that's probably a conscious decision, but I feel as much that, like, that wasn't because they couldn't make that kind of game before, it's just not the kind of game they were making at the time. And some of it, I think, is also just that, like, primitive early 3D lends itself very well to surrealism. And I think that a lot of developers that sort of... Uh, that sort of worked in... Uh, a style that promoted like non-photorealism but a sort of surreality tended to make games that have stood the test of time better whether that surreality was pure cartoony or whether it was like weird uncanny mm. sorry I'm rambling a lot you can ramble all you want <laughs> especially because you sound exhausted uh, that's pretty par for the course um, I, I, I think the only, my only real thought on this was that um, as the series went along it more and more just became its own thing so I think it was only natural that it kind of became less Shin Megami Tensei as it went along and obviously you know, becoming more lighthearted was kind of part of that as well 
one one other thing I guess I'll add on is that it's it's sort of like I guess the easiest way to sort of paint the direction that Persona chose to go in when it struck out yeah. was that uh, Persona Two, all of the character designs are are Kazuma Kanako's character designs, and they you can sort of see it, but they've all been the actual art that's used in game is all drawn by uh, is all drawn by Soejima. And that sort of, like, lends them a sort of warmth that Kazuma Kanako's art doesn't really have. And I don't mean that as an insult, it's just his style is very cold and very inhuman and mechanical. Mm. By design, they tend to look less like... They look... Relatably human. And that fits the sort of games that, like, Kaneko's art design was at the head of, where his designs were at the head of games that focused less on people as people and more as pe- on people as representations, mechanical representations of an ideology. Like, where traditional Shin Megami Tensei doesn't just, like, doesn't have just a law alignment and a chaos alignment and a neutral alignment. It has heroes that represent those alignments, like, they don't exist really as people. They exist as representations of an ideology. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of a... Uh, and you can see that as Persona leaves that and it becomes more character-focused and warmer, you see like, whether this is uh, a causal relationship or merely a sign of the uh, changes within... You see more like of that warmth, that humanity, and like you see that in like the way that Soejima redrew the character designs for Persona Two, so that they seem more human. Hmm. Yeah, like I, I feel like it's it's one of those things where you can draw a long trend line, and it's always in one direction. And like I would actually argue that Persona Five has a bit more thematic closeness to Shin Megami Tensei than Three or Four does. It certainly feels like it, based on yeah. what I've played so far. Yeah, and and as time goes by, it feels like it back a bit more to some of the themes of 1 and 2 that hadn't really, that had succeeded much more into the background with 3. Uh, and, of course, 4 is an extension of that. Like, 5 brings, brings like, I guess tries to re-examine society more as a more foreground element than three and four did where three and four both do have things to say about society but the but society and the relation to how society treats the individual is not the foreground element of three or four's narrative whereas like five much more clearly sets itself like even from the moment that it sets you out as like a phantom thief, like someone who is inherently against the law of society, like essentially sets you up as a Shin Megami Tensei chaos hero. <laughs> like from doing so, it it very much entrenches itself more in those themes of the individual versus society. Video games, mm, complex video games. Yeah, like I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like it, it's a very good synthesis of like the more humanistic themes of Personas 3 and 4 and to a lesser extent 2, but with that more like interest, like that societal focus that some of the earlier games had as well. I very much 
I, I've got basically nothing but kind words to say about most everything in Persona 5. Mm. It's pretty damn That's good. It. Yeah. Pretty damn good. That's style. Oh, man. Style for days. Yep. Everything in that game is a little bit of give and take. But, uh... Yeah. Uh, I feel like... That's kind of... Uh, so, yeah. Like, I think it's it's conscious choice. I don't think that they were really held back from telling the necessary... I guess if they were held back, I don't think it is reflected in the games they produced. Because I feel like, if nothing else, the design, the people making these games were good at understanding the limits of what they could feasibly get done, and that's part of why these games tend to be very good, is because they feel like they are very much the product of, like, teams that are aware of the limitations they have before them. And make games to suit the limitations of what they can actually produce. Baby, 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 baby. Oh, wait, wrong game. Yeah, you're like two games behind. <laughs> baby, 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 baby. Hey, oh. you, can, you can get that song to play in Persona 5, so. Yeah, but I don't want the Persona 3 character outfits. Baby, 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 baby. I got the Persona 2 character outfits because I'm that nerd. Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm the guy that's like, why haven't you played Persona 2? Why haven't you played Persona 2, Wheels? Uh, I have. Not enough. Okay. You finished it. That's true, but I have played it. Well, you have to finish it. Okay. Do I? Yes. Oh. Shit, I wasn't prepared for you that. You shouldn't have called my bluff. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I'm not sure why. I don't know. Like, I had nothing to lose by further pressing that statement. <laughs> Alright. Uh, next question? Yeah, we got one more from Budai. Uh, will Dragon Quest XI be the highest reviewed in their series? No. It's gonna be kind of, yeah. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's worth noting that in in general there are just more review outlets now. So, like yeah. if you mean in Japan, I don't know. Famitsu might give it forty out of forty. Who knows? Famitsu's weird. Uh, we're not going to know much about the like. We'll get a handful of like translations of like what Dengeki PlayStation or whatever gives it, but. As for the as for the West, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, seems unlikely. But you never know. Outlook not so good, which isn't to say that the game won't be great right. or a contender. But like, you know, highest rated. That's a that's a big ask. Yeah, and it, it relies a lot upon the tastes of the people playing uh, reviewing yeah. it. So, like, I mean, you look at uh say Dragon Quest 9 and depending on who you ask it could be the best or the worst in the series but realistically the worst Dragon Quest is 2 and don't let anyone tell you different <laughs> yeah 2 is not very good two what? Is, 2 is trash yeah 2 is not good Mega trash. the rest are good Yep. even if I think 6 is a little boring it's interesting though Sometimes I, I just flying bed. Flying bed. Yeah, it has the flying bed. It's very important. 
But yeah, like that, that was a, that was a quick yes or no question, basically. Uh, we got any got any like backlog questions to pat this out a little bit? Uh, we do, uh, sort of. So Eric oh, RPG sent me a question on Twitter for us to answer. Oh, good. And we shall do so. Uh, so the question was. Thoughts on lack of cross-saving in RPGs like Akiba's Beat? Man, I ain't never played an Akiba game. Uh, uh, this specifically... Uh, I think, I'm assuming this is specifically on Vita slash PS4 titles that don't have cross-play. Yeah, or cross-saves, Cro- I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the technical undersides of the Vita or PS4, so... Yeah, it's a little complicated because I think people forget that... Uh, the, the whole cross-save feature uses the cloud, so I don't think it's necessarily uh, as simple as we all would like to like it to be, because, you know, you see any title that's on both, and you want to be able to use your save for both versions, and it doesn't quite work out that way. And, and this, <laughs> this really frustrated me with uh, Dragon Quest Builders, primarily because it's not Vita TV compatible. So, oh God. so to have, so I can't have like the version on the TV and the version on the handheld Vita, and use the same save, which is pretty frustrating. Yeah, like as someone who's not super technically minded, my my major concern would just be like making the making the saves actually cross compatible. Quite apart from actually making it easy to swap it, swap them from system to yeah. system, seems like the bigger hurdle. Yeah, stop and swap. Uh don't. <laughs> I already lectured about you. Lectured you about that last night. Do you want this lecture again? Do we do this lecture again? Well, they don't know this. Banjo our, our bags for listeners. plenty of eggs. Uh, uh, it's not even an RPG. It's not even an RPG. It's a platformer. Banjo Kazooie is kind of an RPG. How? How? Explain to me how that. How you make that? How you came up with that solution? Um, you progress by collecting things. Are, are, you're arguing that that a, that notes are experience that you trade for new moves, and that honeycomb pieces you trade that you trade for like a health piece are like some sort of weird saga style health increase. Yes, I hate you. <laughs> Suffice to say, hidden games are usually <laughs> held together by chewing gum. Often. Very often. Like, like, they're usually held together by chewing gum and speed hacks. <laughs> like, video games, like, generally are written in such a way as to, like... Again, this is just what I've seen from the outside looking in, but they're kind of written on, like, the attempt to, you know, glean as much out of individual hardware as possible. And two dissimilar pieces of hardware, like, might have issues keeping saves straight between them if there's enough individualization to how they keep track of things. Yeah. Video games are hard. Yeah. Just code everything in Assembler. You love it. <laughs> Ugh. You have to do everything in Assembly now. You you, you no. do everything in Assembly. No, no. Actually, you have to code everything in Malibolg. Ugh. 
That's not even a reasonable joke. Like, like telling someone to code everything in assembly is proof that you hate them, but it at least <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Whereas this Malbolge is just, you know, like someone made, someone literally made in the programming language that revolves around like ternary operations and it calls the crazy operation. Oh God! Just do everything in Java, please. No. No C++. The, mon the Let monkey's paw curls over and it turns into JavaScript. <laughs> JavaScript is not Java. I know, that was the point. Like, uh. <laughs> uh, What was the other thing that you said you wanted everything in? It was like Java and what? <laughs> uh, oh, you just said not C++. Yes, not C++. Too bad. I'm gonna like make you a struct right now. How about some COBOL? What? I don't know. No, you've lost your programming Fort privilege. Fortran. You everything... Yeah, you have to do everything in Fortran. You have to do everything in outdated Fortran. You have to do everything in the Fortran 77 standard. I ain't touching no Fortran. It's great. I was talking to someone about Fortran, and they were talking about like they couldn't quite remember, but it was like something about how ev the first five characters of every line are comment. <laughs> That's that's terrible. Uh, it's too bad. That's what you, that's what you've condemned yourself to. I apologize to everyone who has to listen to this. Why? Everyone is interested in Fortran. Yeah, you can you gonna read all about the Fortran 2015 standard. Yeah, and then we're gonna talk about the mysteries of Git. Let's talk about how the fact that, like, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. The next revision of the language, Fortran 2015, is intended to be a minor revision and is planned for release in mid-2018. Hmm. I don't understand. What? <laughs> like, they seem to always be, like, when they're initially submitted for approval as opposed to when they're actually approved, because Fortran 2008 was approved in 2010. <laughs> Numbers are hard, apparently. Yeah. Too bad. Uh, you get to... I don't know. You get to write C++ to make sure that Final Fantasy 16 works. Uh, How much C++ do you know, Wales? I don't know. I haven't used it in years. So, probably, like, you're a couple... You're a couple of book rereadings before you're ready to go back. Yeah. Uh, well, you know more than I do, so that's cool. Unless they gotta figure out pointers again. Ugh. Pointers are bad enough in C. Uh, oh man, I got to I got to look at consts today. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish saying this, even though we're still recording. <laughs> I got to look at consts today and had to like one remind myself that they have nothing to do with how C defines symbolic constants. And two, that const, uh, that a pointer to a const, a constant pointer, and a constant pointer to a const are all different things. <laughs> They're uh. all at least related meanings, at least, which is different, which is at least not as bad as sometimes happens in C. <laughs> Video games. Hopefully Wheels not written in C++. Wheels is an intelligent programmer. I'm an, I'm a numbskull that's trying to learn things. Ask us anything. <laughs> Did you know that when they had to port 
Minecraft to iOS, they had to completely rewrite the game in Objective C because there's no everything in iOS had to be rewritten into Objective C because there's no because well, there's no Java on uh, iOS. Yeah. Uh, rewrite it in Swift. Do it right now. No. <laughs> Listen, Swift is just going to turn it into Objective C anyway. No. <laughs> just no. You're not a fan of Swift? No. Uh, tragic. Apple's forsaken you. Uh, yeah, that happened a long time ago. For being honest. Insta- We're going back inside Mac Gaming. Yeah. Uh, are there any RPGs coming out anytime soon? I feel like there should be, but... Caves? Wait, that's Cave Stories, not an RPG. Yeah, what on earth? My favorite RPG, Cave Story. There's weapon levels. Uh, yeah, no, I can't think of anything. I feel like, I feel like um, RPGs have abandoned us. Let's see, what just came out? Um, oh, Disgaea, obviously. Um, yeah. Unpronounceable visual novel strategy hybrid from Atlas. Utawara de Mono. That's probably total shit. Wow, harsh. Well, it's from the same same company that brought us such fine titles as Tears to Tiara 2. Oh, man, did they not even have Sting helping them this time? Uh, as far as I can tell, Sting was not involved. Needs more Super Sting. Yeah. Super Sting. <laughs> I don't think Super Sting ever did more than, like, three games. Probably not. It was, it was a tragically short-lived label. Yeah. See, Generations of Chaos, Pandora Reflection. Probably trash. Yeah, probably. But yeah, uh, I can't think of any. Uh, I feel like RPGs have left us for a time. Uh, oh yeah, we could talk about Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle now that that's uh, floating around the internet again. Yeah, that's weird. That's a turn-based strategy game. <laughs> <laughs> That's deeply confusing, but I, I don't sounds know, fun. I play it. Oh no, it's certainly played. It's just why I am baffled at its very existence. It's a, it's a strange thing for a mini game collection and a platformer to combine into what has apparently been described as like strategy RPG sort of XCOM-ish thing. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it fills a hole in the Switch's launch lineup. There's nothing... Well, not launch lineup, but the Switch's lineup. There's nothing quite like it. Yeah. There's kind of not much coming out until Splatoon Deuce. Yeah. Well, by all accounts, that comes out after Splatoon. By all accounts, that's like... Oh, August yeah, or September. right, right. <sighs> but hey, ARMS looks cool. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Secret of Mana Collection. Oh, well, yeah, Second Dead Setsu Collection. The one we're not getting. Sad well, trombone. Well, you know, I'm importing it because region free. Yeah. It's region free Spe- for you. Speaking of which, there's some company that makes uh, Bluetooth classic controllers, like SNES controllers, NES controllers. Oh, those 8 bit things you, re- yeah. you linked me to? Yeah, and they are now compatible with the Switch. So I ordered one of those. I, I, I guess I don't understand. I'm happy with my Joy Cons. Like, I'm glad that they work, but, you know. Uh, for 2D stuff, is 
what I really wanted one for. Like I could oh, really be happy with one of those for like uh, Blaster Master, uh, Secret Man, obviously, Monster Boy, Monster, whatever the Monster, Monster World, Boy Monster Boy in the Forsaken Kingdom, whatever the hell it's called. No, the other one, the Dragon's Trap. Oh, Wonder Boy, the, uh, Monster World Two, the Dragon's Trap, Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap. Yeah, we got Shante coming and Dragon's Mysterious Trap Adventure. As your striker Gunvolt, 60 oh, frames man. per second edition. Mighty Gunvolt Burst. We're sorry about Mighty Number no. Nine edition. <laughs> I wonder what an Integrates RPG would even look like. Did they were any of their employees involved with that uh, uh, battle network game for GameCube? Network transmission? Yeah. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> that's that's not a great game. No. That was made by Arika. Oh man, that explains a lot. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, they were the uh, the Street Fighter EX guys. Oh wow, that's random. Like Street Fighter EX guys are a bunch of ex Capcom people. Hmm. I was gonna check if they were like the Mega Man X Command Mission guys. Like, who did that? Why did anyone do that? I don't understand <laughs> why Mega Man X Command Mission happened. That's very weird. Uh, that was Capcom Production Studio 3. I don't know. It's hard <laughs> to find what branches they did. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like Intercreates would probably make a weird action RPG that didn't quite work, but would be interesting while it wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess I guess we're out of questions unless you got something else. Um, we really wanted to get an episode out because I'm about to be gone for a week. Yeah. Um. Well, Star Ocean, we we discussed Star Star Ocean three terribleness already. We uh, didn't discuss it. We just made sidelong reference. To it. Yeah, it's trash. It's total trash. Here, nothing, nothing to the. You fall over dead because you ran out of MP. It's just dumb. This is dumb. Bad game. Uh, bad game. Bad. You're the MMO. Ugh. Tell me what uh, what RPGs, what collections in the wake of Sei Densetsu Collection do you want on the Switch? Suikoden. Oh man, I wonder which ones it actually include on such a thing. The good ones collection one, two, three, and five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can throw four on there. I don't really care. No, they don't. They shouldn't and don't have to. <laughs> Listen, I'm not willing to accept a world where Stoltheim Reinbach is for, where Stoltheim Reinbach is not like a Schrodinger's cat of might be a person or might be something Victor made up. <laughs> like that's that's how it should be. Like you have to leave the question intact. Four did not leave the question intact, so it's exiled. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
I was thinking uh, the the quintet games on the Super NES. Uh, yes, that would be a nice collection. That might actually be a thing that might happen, I guess, if they decided to do Seiken Densetsu collection. Yeah. <sighs> Get yourself some Soul Blazer and Illusion of Gaia and Terra <sighs> and Really, I just want Illusion of Gaia. Good. That, the, that, that particularly the one you're holding the torch out for? Yeah. And Soul Blazer is fun, but uh, it's usually uh, Illusion of Gaia that people want. not Illusion of Gaia, Terra Enigma that people want. Yeah, not really interested. Wow, harsh. Sorry. Meanwhile, I haven't played more than a couple hours of any of them. You should. Illusion of Gaia is really good, really interesting game. You get that Soul Blazer boss fight if you're a dick to everyone in the entire game. <laughs> I did not. Gotta collect all them red gems. I think I missed one. Well, that sounds like hell. <laughs> yeah. It's like one I couldn't find. The game is over. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and I don't know. They could throw Actraiser on there, and I guess Actraiser 2 if they felt insistent. <laughs> what a sad game. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I like M2. I'm glad that they exist. I like hamster the ones that are doing all those neo geo ports on uh ps4 and switch those are really nice mm. uh, bring back video games i think what other rpg collections would be nice dark souls oh man i wonder if there's any truth to the rumors that were around that one probably not Probably not, but I wouldn't mind it. Like, one and two, certainly. Uh, Just, like, you know. Fallout would, Fallout would be cool. You know, instead of Skyrim. Instead of Skyrim. Too bad. You get... Frickin'... You'll get Fallout Tactics, Brotherhood of Steel, and Fallout Brotherhood of Steel. Those are distinct games, by the way. <sighs> yes, they are. Have you played either of those? No. Nope. Fallout Tactics was the one that didn't come to the Mac. Ah! I was very oh. salty about that. Well, Fallout Fallout Brotherhood of Steel was the one that's Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Think about that for a second. Bad, bad, bad. Why did, why, why did we do this? What happened? Why? Why? Why did you turn Fallout into Diablo? Uh, bad Diablo too. Uh, instead, you should—they turned Fallout into a, a better Elder Scrolls. That isn't total shit. Wow. Sorry. I feel like you've got some like deep-seated issues to work. <laughs> no, that's crazy talk. Let's write all of our issues down in small talk. <laughs> eh? Jokes. Yeah. Eh? The joke is programming language names. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I don't know. Send help. I'm going to be in a train for like 30 hours. Not good times. I, I might become more animal than man, than man and like eat whoever sits next to me. So, <laughs> you know. Don't kill me. Don't tell Think think kindly upon the the environment that I was thrust into. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, we're, we've prolonged this, this catastrophe enough. Please, right. send as many questions as you can so that next time I'm not doing this. <laughs> send us questions. Uh, feel free to... Uh, I'll probably talk a bit each episode about how my re-journey into Disgaea 5 is going, because if you haven't seen, and I recommend you go check out the review, because it was torturous to write, uh, see what my original experience with um, Disgaea 5 was like, because it was, uh, yeah. You can review your review. Yeah. Is that a thing? thing. Is that a thing that we do? Sure, why not? Yeah, well, okay. That's good, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Alright, that's all, folks. We'll see you next time. Enjoy uh, the musical selection, which is from ukulele. Oh, yeah.